Well, welcome to Copper Hills. My name is Paul Wilson. I want to let you know we are honored that you've chosen to join us here today in person. And for those of you that are watching at home, we're honored that you've chosen to spend some time with us in the middle of your week as well. We're in the middle of a series right now entitled The King and His Cross. And since last year, about September, we've been looking through the story of the book of Mark. The story that's unfolding of Jesus as the king, but yet eventually we know he's going to go somewhere that a king would never go. The king would go to a cross. And today we're in Mark chapter 11, and it starts off with this story called the triumphal entry. But before we get into that story, there's something I feel like I want us to kind of think about for a minute so we can kind of understand the context of what's going on. So as we begin, I want you to ask yourself this question. What is the best sporting event, concert, movie premiere that you've ever been to? In your mind, throughout your life, what has been kind of the best concert, sporting event, movie premiere? You were most looking forward to it. You had this anticipation. You went there and it fulfilled all your expectations and in some cases exceeded those expectations. So I want you to take about 17 seconds and share that with the people who are sitting next to you. Or if you're watching at home, share it with the people that are sitting on the couch next with you. What was your most exciting, most amazing experience, sporting event, movie, or concert? Go for it. All right. Thank you for sharing. I hope you've had some pretty amazing experiences. Last year, I turned 50 in February of last year. And leading up to my birthday, my dad and I, our birthdays are two days apart. And so he was turning 72 and I was turning 50. And in the months leading up to our birthdays, he said, you know what? 50 is pretty special. Uh, Let's do something that we've never done before. He said, Paul, what do you want to do for your birthday? It's, It's 50. He said, seriously, you can think about anything you want. What do you want to do? Something we've never done before. So I thought about it. I'm like, do I, do I go big or do I say something simple? And I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe call his bluff here and see if he's willing to do whatever like he said. So I said, I've never seen a professional soccer game in England before. And if you've ever been over to England, professional soccer over there is like church. It is their religion. Every week they look forward to these sporting events. It's one of the, the most important things in their whole week. And so I said, Dad, I'd kind of like to go to England and see uh, Manchester United, my favorite English Premier League team, play. He thought about it for a second, and he said, you went big. Let's go for it. So last year, we flew over to London right before COVID hit in late February, and we got to watch two games. Really quickly, I want you just to watch the video of this is me on my phone capturing some of the moments of what happened with the two of us for our birthdays over in England. Go ahead and watch this. Side of Old Trafford about 45 minutes before game time. That's, that's me yelling. 
Fernandez who just scored that penalty kick right there and I know it, it's not the same not being in the building and you know that's why you shared and thought about your own personal experience you remember what that was like when you went to that amazing sporting event that amazing concert that movie premiere and how exciting it was and how much you cheered and had anxiety and and just all the emotions that went with it for us that's what that was it was amazing our team won we got to see a penalty kick it was unbelievable we were chanting we were screaming we were having a great time that's the context of I want you to think about what we're going to read today. We're going to read a story, and oftentimes it's called the triumphal entry. And this story is leading into the week of what's called the Passion Week, right before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So although we're a few weeks away from Easter, as we go through the book of Mark, we're kind of entering into that last week of Jesus' life. Pretty amazing. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Mark, chapter 11. I'm going to read some scripture passages that are going to show up on the screen, but you can follow along with your Bibles. Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. Now, many times when we read the Bible, we read something, and we're like, what is this all about? I don't understand. What's the point of Jesus saying, go find this colt that no one has ever ridden, bring it back? Th this really doesn't make any sense to me. So in our culture today, it wouldn't make any sense. We really don't go around riding on donkeys, do we? You don't see anybody doing that in our culture. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. Sometimes it's easy to understand stories in the Bible by looking for other places in the Bible as well. And many times in the Gospels, if something's a pretty powerful or amazing story, it's talked about in other places. And in fact, the triumphal entry is one of those. It's mentioned in all four of the Gospel accounts. So what I want you to do to get a little bit more understanding is, is listen as I read to you Matthew's version of this. So Matthew's telling the same story. You'll notice that most of it is the same, but he includes some extra information that helps us understand what this whole donkey thing is all about. So reading in Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. So you can see Mark just mentions what? Just the colt. But here we see in Matthew, he mentions that it's a donkey and then the donkey's colt. He kind of fills in a little bit of the gaps of the story. Verse 3, if anyone says to you, say that the Lord needs them and that he will send them right away. Now here's the other part of the story that Matthew helps us understand. All of this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, and that prophet was Zechariah. This is actually mentioned in Zechariah 9.9. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So Jesus knew exactly what he was doing right here. Jesus said, I'm going to make a statement today. Today, the statement I'm going to make, and everybody in his surrounding area would have understood exactly the statement. He was saying, I'm letting everybody know officially. It's kind of like he was running for presidency, announcing his, I'm running. He's saying, I am the Messiah. I am the king. I'm coming out. Everybody's going to know. 
I'm going to do something that everybody's going to be able to tell. That's what a king does. So that's what this story is all about. You see, that's what they did. In the Old Testament, there's all these stories of leaders, authorities, kingly type people that rode on donkeys. That was kind of their way of saying that we're different than everybody else. We're not riding on a horse, we're riding on a donkey. So Jesus was identifying himself here as a king. And you can see Zechariah quotes this by saying, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So Jesus is making it clear to everyone who's there, I am the king of kings, I am the lord of lords, I am the Messiah. And everybody was ready to, to, to kind of erupt and respond to this announcement. And that's the next couple of verses. Look in Mark chapter 11, verses 4 to 6. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. Now sometimes I just find the Bible kind of interesting and maybe slightly humorous at times. So the, his disciples went to these people and said, hey, Jesus wants that colt, wants that donkey. And they said, what's it for? And it's almost like they were taught by Jesus like a, a Jedi mind trick. Jesus says he needs the donkey and the colt. You're going to give the donkey and the colt to me. And so they, they just did, and they gave him the colt and donkey. And we don't know the rest of the story or why that happened, but they just followed along. And again, everything is going the way that Jesus said it would go. Now we get to the celebration. Here's what happens in verses 7 through 10. When they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Again, this was something that maybe we wouldn't do in our culture, but many of the, the, the Jewish people, they would have an inner garment and they would have an outer garment. So they took off their outer cloak and as a sign of respect and authority and kingship, many of them took their coat and they set it on the ground as Jesus was getting to walk by. Some had cut palm branches and they set them on the ground as well. Think about in our culture, what's an example of that? How many of you have heard the phrase, rolling out the red carpet? Right? We know when there's a big event, somebody special is coming to town, we roll out the red carpet. We go through this, this pomp and circumstance to let everybody know there's some really important people coming. That's what was going on. That's what the people were doing. They were making an announcement to everyone in Jerusalem that the king is here. He has arrived, and we need to pay homage to him. We need to treat him as a king. And then here's what they said next. Those who went ahead followed him, and they shouted out loud, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the heaven, highest heaven. Now, many times when we read this, we're just kind of reading, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. Okay, that must be what they were saying. We don't, we don't really get the power, the emphasis, the excitement of what was going on. These people were screaming, they were yelling. It was like in that video that we just watched of me over in England, people were going crazy. It was a spectacle. It was unbelievable. And when they were shouting out the word Hosanna, that's again not a word that we use very much, but the word Hosanna was them literally saying Savior, Rescuer. They were making an announcement. Jesus, we believe that you are going to save us. You are going to rescue us. You are the promised king and you are in the line of David. And so that's what this triumphal entry is all about. And I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we just kind of miss the story, the spectacle of what was going on. And in the big picture, I think sometimes we just get in a rut of going through the motions when it comes to church, our relationship with God, and kind of all that goes along with it. 
So I want us to just do something a little bit different. This is going to take you out of your comfort zone. It's going to take me out of my comfort zone. In fact, I'm going to ask the band to come back up here right now. And we're going to actually spend some time acting like we are the participants back then in Jesus' day. We're going to act like we are ushering in the triumphal entry, the coming of the king. And so what I'm going to ask you to do right now is stand up. If everyone would stand at their feet. And in just a moment, I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. And at the end of that, I want you to conjure up again the most amazing sporting event you've ever been to. I want you to conjure up a movie premiere. I want you to conjure up a concert where you just went crazy and had a great time. I know this is out of your comfort zone. I know this is going to be a little bit weird. But we are just going to give you an opportunity to just make some noise. Some of you may want to close your eyes so that you're not distracted by others around you. But I'm giving you freedom right now to yell, to scream, to shout out Hosanna, whatever you want to do. Again, one more time, this is what the people shouted. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. On the count of three, I want you all to make some noise as loud as you can. Blow me away. If you're at home you should, or watching at home, you should be standing right now and pretend like your team just scored a touchdown. Make some noise loud at home. Here we go. Three, two, one. Thank you guys so much for just singing Hosanna in the highest with me. Again, so many times when we read the Bible, we kind of just go through the motions and we just, oh, I've read that passage before, I remember that, I've heard that before, I've heard that sermon, been there, done that. And we can find ourselves just kind of going through the motions, getting into a routine. And again, real quickly, before we move on to the next part of Mark chapter 11, I want to ask you just to close your eyes and just listen to the words one more time. And I want you just to draw that visual image in your mind of Jesus coming into the city, riding on a colt, people putting their cloaks and palm branches at the ground, and then people just screaming at the top of their lungs, Hosanna in the highest. Listen to this account one more time, Mark chapter 11. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he! Who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. You can open your eyes. You know, this time of COVID, as many churches around the country have kind of closed and shut down at different times, I think it's really taught me how much I really appreciate the community of Jesus followers meeting together more than ever. I'm going to be really honest with you. Those, those summer months... When we weren't gathered together as a group, it was just different watching at home. Yes, my wife and my kids were there, and we would, we would participate, but it just wasn't the same. You know what I'm saying? Can any of you relate to that? 
And so maybe we can have a renewed appreciation again for the idea that we get to gather together. And when we gather together, we can let our hair down. We can get excited. We can worship our king. And I really hope that in these, these coming weeks, as we lead into a time of Easter, which many churches in our country didn't have a public gathering for Easter, that we can just be so excited about what's about to come. And we can really remember that it's all about Jesus, the coming king, announcing that he is a king. And then eventually we're going to see the rest of the story. So thank you so much for just letting loose there for a little bit. I really appreciate that. Well, as we dive back into the story, there's this awkward and weird transition. And it's kind of bizarre that these two stories happen simultaneously, one right after the other. So we just saw the, the amazing excitement. Jesus is the king. Everybody's worshiping him. Everybody's so excited. And then the story picks up again in Mark chapter 11. And I'm going to start reading in verse 11. So as Jesus just came in, everybody said, Hosanna in the highest. It says, Jesus entered Jerusalem, right after that, went right into the city, and there was somewhere specific he wanted to go. Where did he go? It says he went to the temple courts. And catch this. He looked around at everything. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, Mark says he went back out to Bethany with the twelve, and then the next day they came back to the temple. And I just wonder, what did he see? What do you think Jesus saw that day? After all of these people were worshiping him and praising him and calling him the king of kings and saying this is the day that we've all been waiting for. For hundreds of years we've been waiting for this moment. This is so exciting. When he got into the temple, do you, do you think he saw that same excitement? All these people still worshiping him. That's what I would have expected to see. But it says that Jesus saw everything that was going on. And unfortunately, Jesus saw some things that really frustrated him. As we move into the next part of the story, Jesus saw something that looks like this table right here. When he came into the temple, he saw that there were these guys sitting behind tables and they had all these, these, this money and all these coins and they were exchanging money for different sacrificial animals. And they were saying, if you haven't brought a sacrificial animal today, then just go ahead and come over to me and I'll sell you one. I'll sell you a sacrifice. And some of the people were actually gouging their own brothers and sisters for sacrificial animals. And quite honestly, this broke Jesus' heart. I can't imagine what it must have been like to, in just those two short moments, go through such elation and joy and excitement to then all of a sudden, these people coming in here and, and kind of desecrating his temple. And the Bible says that Jesus was so frustrated that that's what he did. He got everyone's attention. The way that I've got your attention right now, right? I know, take a deep breath. It's okay. I know that was kind of weird. That was a little awkward. It was a little, what's going to happen? But you see, that's what Jesus was doing. He was getting their attention. And I think he got their attention that day. And so we have to ask ourselves is, how is Jesus trying to get our attention? Is there something that he's wanting us to notice? Surely you're not saying, Paul, that we're like those people in the temple. Surely you're not saying that we're just, you know, going through the motions and doing the same old, same old. I don't know. I don't know about you. All I know is about myself. And I'll be honest, at times, I do fall into the trap of just going through the motions. And going, oh yeah, remember honey, it's church this weekend. Do you want to go on Saturday or do you want to go on Sunday? You know, we, sometimes we treat it like, you know, do you want to go to Chick-fil-A or do you want to go to McDonald's? You know, what do you want to do here? And sometimes we can just have this attitude like, yeah, that's just what we're supposed to do. It's, it's the weekend again. It's time to go to church. 
And sometimes I get, I get lost in that awe and that excitement and that joy like I do when I think of going to an amazing concert or when I think of going to an amazing sporting event or a movie premiere that I can't wait to see and we're, we're talking about it in advance. What day do we want to go? Where do we want to sit? What are we going to wear? We're going to get there early. And if we're honest, most of us, we, we don't really have that same sense of anticipation and excitement and joy and expectation when it comes to gathering together as a community of Jesus followers for the sole purpose of worshiping the king. And again, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad or feel guilty. I'm just kind of reading the scripture text that happened there. And it's kind of crazy how that happened. And I'm going to pick up my Bible so I can read the scripture here to you. But in Mark chapter 11, let's follow along in the story. You see, because here's, here's the way it went down, according to Mark. <clears throat> Mark chapter 11, I'm going to start reading in verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts, and he began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said this, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And so the point that I want to make for all of us today is I want us to just be honest with ourselves. And is Jesus trying to get our attention? Has he grabbed our attention? And if he has, is there something that he wants us to maybe take notice of? Maybe have we fallen into just the same old trap of whether it comes to the way we read the Bible or the time we spend in prayer with Jesus or going to church or just anything in, in, involved in our relationship with God. Have we fallen into kind of just a rut of going through the same old, same old? I've had the privilege to go to Israel seven times, and I've gone into the city of Jerusalem seven times, and each of those seven times I've gone to the western wall, the wailing wall, and it's always a powerful experience for me. You see, there's sometimes thousands of Jewish men and women on other sides of the wall there kind of going through the motions, and they have the same prayer that they do the exact same way every time. And each time I'm there, my heart kind of breaks because I see them being very devout in the process. They're going through the motions of what they're supposed to be doing. They're saying the prayers they're supposed to be saying, and they're, they're moving their body in a way that's the way they're supposed to move their body. But I always get the sense that something's missing in their heart, that they're just going through the motions, and that they don't have that heart relationship with their Heavenly Father. And my heart breaks for them every time I go. But today I want us to say, maybe, maybe that's me. Maybe, the, maybe that's the way I've gotten in my relationship with God. And so I want to finish our service by letting the band come back up again. And we're going to sing two more songs together. And this is an opportunity for you just to be real and be honest with your Heavenly Father. And just to share with Him what you're really thinking right now. And if some of you are like me, it's an opportunity to say, you know what, God, I love you so much. And I'm so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. But forgive me for sometimes just going through the motions. For not having that same joy and excitement and zeal and anticipation that I used to have. And God, I want to make a commitment to you that I want this to matter. I want this weekly gathering to be the highlight of my week. Something that I anticipate, that I'm looking forward to. That it's just not another event in my calendar or something else that I need to do. So would you join me in prayer 
and then just spend some time being real with God as the band leads us. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that Mark wrote down his account of what he saw and what Peter saw and told him to write down and all that was experienced there. And it helps us to so much know what really went on. Helps us to know how we're supposed to respond and behave. God, we thank you so much that your son Jesus willingly gave up his life for each and every one of us so that we could be connected to you forever. God, that's changed my life and I know it's changed all of our lives here. But God, if I'm being honest, at times I've taken that for granted and I've fallen into a rut and I've just gone through the motions at times and I just wanna say I'm sorry for that. And as I look forward to the next couple of weeks as we get ready to move into this this season of the Easter period, God, I want to have a sense of excitement and energy and zeal and anticipation. And I thank you that we're allowed to gather together here. We can meet as a group of people. And so I pray that we would cherish this time that we get to meet together and we would look forward to it. So once again, God, I just say thank you so much for your son, Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.